welcome to episode 203 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to recover your voice after a bad cold. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about solo gaming. And by we, I mean I, because I'm sticking to the theme and doing the podcast solo today. First, I discuss a couple games I played recently, like Picture Perfect and Sherlock 13. Then, I talk about my experiences with solo gaming. And now, here's your host, Ambie. It's just me. First, there are a couple of announcements to make. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday, is Tabletop Live Network again, the monthly stream on Twitch, the marathon streaming of board games on Twitch. Crystal is streaming Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, I believe, and other board game streamers are streaming all throughout the day. So go check out tabletoplivenetwork.com for info on that and follow us on Twitch. Also, Dice Tower West is happening in a few weeks. I think next episode is during Dice Tower West, but I will be flying to Dice Tower West with my family. I have a weekend pass for it and Crystal lives in Las Vegas, so we'll be around. I don't think we have anything like specific planned for it. It'll just be casual. We're going to the convention. <laughs> I may or may not have time to play many games, but we'll be there. So if you see us, you can come say hi. We're always happy to say hi to people, so you can say hi even if we're busy. We just might not be able to talk longer, specifically me if, if my kids are there and they're saying to go somewhere or something, but yeah, we can say hi. <laughs> Recently, I got two review copies of games, both from Arcane Wonders. I got Picture Perfect and Sherlock 13, and I was able to play both of them. Yay! So these are both deduction games, which is, yeah, I like deduction games if you don't know from before, but I liked Clue growing up and I like deduction games a lot. So Picture Perfect is a deduction game published in 2020, designed by Anthony Naveau, and it's about everyone is a photographer at some event, and there's different guests, there's 14 different guests, and they all have different preferences of where they want to stand. And these are actually guest standees, and everyone is going to have these like guest standees behind the player screen and a 3D table, and they're putting the standees in physical spots to try to meet their preferences. And at the end, you actually take a picture, which is really neat. So you take your phone and take a picture and then like that's how you judge the end so it's pretty unique mechanisms there for a game because you're actually taking a picture I, I posted a picture on social media when I played it but the game lasts like 50 minutes or so 45 50 minutes I played it with three players I think but the way the game works is each guest has an envelope where you put three different cards in and the cards can say things like I want to be in the back row or I want to be on the right side or I want to be next to this, this guest or I don't want this guest's face shown or something like that. So they have three different cards and you want to try to fulfill as many as you can. If you fill zero cards, you'll get negative three points for that person. If you fill one, you get one point. If you fill till two, you get three points and three, you get six points. So ideally you want to fill, fulfill all three conditions of all the characters, but sometimes they conflict and each person only gets so many character envelopes at a time. So you have like three character envelopes or something. Everyone has three of them and then there's some in the middle. Maybe we had four in a three player game and there are six rounds. So each round there's going to be different exchanges of the envelopes depending on the ex exchange cards. So sometimes you can swap out one of your envelopes and pick a new one or sometimes it's like randomly shuffled or it changes depending on the round. And there are six rounds in total, I think. So you're going to be seeing a bunch of the guest cards, but not all of them necessarily. And there's also a memory component because you see them each round and then you have to put it back in the envelope. You could only look at one at a time and then when the round's over and you like give it away exchange it you don't get to look at it again 
<laughs> so there's like a hard memory part. But as you're looking at this information, you also are placing the characters. And so you can kind of try to remember by placing the characters. But then it's like, wait, why did I put this person here? <laughs> was was that part of their conditions? So that actually happened to me. I, I had placed the person and then like I moved them later and then ended up like getting fewer points and getting negative points on that. There's also these VIP cards. Each person gets a VIP card that they can place in an envelope at any time during the get game. And that doubles the points of that person. So you could get 12 points if you get all three of them but or you can get negative six points if you don't get any of them so I, that happened to me like someone else had done a vip on someone that i messed up on so i remember this came out a while ago and 2020 and i didn't really expect much from it i was i didn't know what it was like at all <laughs> but then i read the rules and i was like oh well, you actually take a picture. That's kind of neat. So it was better than I expected it to be. And I actually enjoyed it. It's interesting how you get to like angle your camera to get the conditions satisfied because you're like trying to hide certain people's faces or <laughs> that, that was kind of interesting. So there's like a physical placement and then camera taking angling aspect to it in addition to the memory and the deduction. So it was pretty neat. I like the theme and it worked well with the theme. So that was picture perfect, which was a longer deduction game mixed with memory and placement of items. <laughs> then Sherlock 13 is an even older game. Uh, this is published in 2013, designed by Hope S. Huang. Sherlock 13 is a 15 minute, well, some of our games were under 10 minutes and some went up to like 15 minutes. So very short game for two to four players, deduction game. And it's just like a, basically like a stripped down clue kind of quicker version of clue. There's just cards. So in Sherlock 13, it's, is it 13 cards? There's, yeah, I think there's 13 cards, hence the 13 name. But there's 13 like character cards of Sherlock and other characters in the Sherlock universe. And any of those cards can be the murderer. So you basically shuffle the cards like in Clue and you put one aside and that's the suspect or the murderer. And you're trying to figure out which card that is. Everyone else gets cards, everyone gets cards, and, and then you ask questions to people about what's what cards they have, like Clue. There's no more board or anything. And the card information, they have icons on them. So like each character has a name and then also different icons. So there's like seven icons in total, like a book, an eye, a light bulb, a pipe. So all these things, and each character has one or two different icons on them. So you have a little sheet that shows like which icons are in which characters and then how many icons there are total. And the way you ask questions to people is you ask about an icon. So you either ask everyone at the table if they have a certain icon and that's like a yes or no thing. It's like who has light bulbs? And then you would raise your hand if you have light bulbs, except for the person asking the question. Or you can ask a specific person, how many light bulbs do you have? And then they have to answer with a number. Everyone gets the answers to these. So there's no like hidden information of the answers, like in, in Clue or Sleuth when you pass the card face down to, so the person can see, there's none of that. So everyone gets all the info, <laughs> which can be good and bad. That, that helps make it really quick, but it changes it to feel more like a race than thinking through like hard deduction because since everyone knows the information there's not as much like oh I wonder what information they gave them and stuff and you kind of know what other people know well yeah you definitely know what other people know and then so you'd kind of know oh that person like I know it's a 50 50 between these people but that person has the other card probably so like they're gonna be able to guess on their next turn so you basically want to guess before they can so that happened a lot in our games. It was basically like a 50-50 or a one in third chance to guess. And we had to guess before the next person's turn came up. But it's a really quick game and there is still like the, the deduction and everyone's doing like the same deduction because you all get the answers. So it's nice getting information every turn because everyone's answering out loud. And I really enjoyed that. 
I played it four times in a row and the games felt different. Like sometimes the icons were like the makeup of the icons or the way the cards were passed out. It made it so everyone had to figure things out more and that made the games longer. And sometimes it was like super short because like someone had all of one icon and then <laughs> it was like really fast or, or like we quickly figured out that the murderer had to be one of this icon because the way we asked the questions, it like we found the icon that was missing. So yeah, if you like Clue and want like a quicker version of Clue, then Sherlock 13 is good. All right, as I mentioned in the intro, I am by myself. Crystal is currently voiceless because she got sick and then hasn't recovered her voice yet. So I'm gonna try recording myself, yay! And I decided to talk about solo games to be thematic. We did talk about solo games in episode 141 back in 2021. We both said that we don't play that many solo games and still true. I st actually, I do play solo games more now than I used to. I was checking my stats and back in 2019 is the first time I think I played solo games. <laughs> um, so after my kids were born, basically. Before that, I, I'm looking at my stats and like player counts. There's not even a one player on, on my stats. But in 2019, I started playing solo. I had 5% of my games were one player. And then 2020, 42% of my plays were one player. But I also didn't have that many plays because I was streaming. I started streaming board games online. Recently, this last year, 2023, 14% of my plays were one player. And 15% so far this year. So yeah, so I, I play solo games now sometimes. And most of the time, actually, for me, I play them just to stream them. So I still don't really like play solo games or solo board games much by myself. No, I played solo games with other people. No, I play them um, mostly just to stream. Yeah. When I'm by myself, usually like I have so many other solo hobbies because I am an introvert. And so almost all my hobbies are solo. Like board gaming is the one that's not really solo. And so I just have so many things that I can do by myself that aren't board games, like making board game content or <laughs> jigsaw puzzles or playing video games, which is a similar game feel. Like I really like puzzle video games, which gives a similar like scratch of puzzle games that solo gaming does. But I think the main solo gaming that I do outside of streaming is escape room type games. So I can look at my stats and actually see, I think I played a lot of um, mystery, like detective type games solo because with, well, with escape room games, I play them with Toby, but like he doesn't like having ones that use the internet or like the lots of reading mystery case file type games. And so I play those by myself. All right, so stats, stats are fun. I could look at my last solo plays. Oh, I have, so on BG Stats, BG Stats is great, by the way. <laughs> if you log plays, I, I used to log on BoardGameGeek exclusively and then I got BG Stats a while ago and it's very useful. It's BG Stats, Board Game Stats app. It's an app that links to BoardGameGeek and you can log all the games you play and then look back on stats. So I have 303 solo plays logged total out of 4,896 plays total. So, and that, these 303 plays are within the last five years or so. Recently, I played Button Shy Games solo, Sprawlopolis, Rove, and Food Chain Island, which I have a YouTube video on that. And I actually enjoyed those. I did play some of those solo. So yeah, not escape room games, playing solo. I played some on a trip when we went on vacation. I just brought some of those. So I think for me, solo gaming is like a small 
footprint game that I can bring somewhere and then I can just play it when I'm by myself at night or something or like play it in the car or something when I'm not driving <laughs> or like play it on the airplane because if it's a longer game where I have to like set it up and do a lot of things that I'm not going to be playing that when I'm traveling and then I'll be home to play that so I have other things to do at home like play video games or do a big jigsaw puzzle or something so yeah solo gaming I play sometimes like if I'm at preschool waiting for my kids or something I'll play like a five minute game so it has to be something that I can have in my pocket or in my hand. So the button shy games, which I bought the PNPs when they were on sale. I am planning on making a video on that in the future, but those I, I enjoy a lot. They're all like puzzly spatial games and I like that type of game, especially for solo because it's just me and my, my cards that I'm building out and <laughs> thinking about that. So those are fun. But yeah, before that was eight plays of Key Enigma Hack Forward, which is an escape room game that I got as a review copy. Oh, and then some of the exit advent calendar games I played by myself, <laughs> which, okay, so that that's a lot of plays because it's an advent calendar and I counted one as each. And then a lot of these are games that I played on stream when I'm looking back, but the ones that weren't on stream are things like, yeah, escape room game, Cantaloupe, which is a point and click adventure, choose your own adventure type reading, escape room type game, like Pocketbook Adventures, which I got as a review copy and was a Kickstarter. I had mentioned it before on the podcast, but that's one that I play in the car a lot. It's just like a little puzzly book with a dungeon crawling theme and you're using a pencil in a book and trying to defeat all the little monsters by doing a good path and then <laughs> closing your eyes and hitting the target with a pencil, which is fun. I do want to look at what my first solo play was. Oh, uh, I lied when I said I hadn't played a solo game before 2019 because... It, I, they just were not shown in my stats because I had just played so many other games. But my first solo game was in 2013, actually. It was Lord of the Rings, the card game. So this was a LCG, a living card game. If you don't know what that is, it's a card game where you build a deck kind of like a trading card game where outside of the game, you have a lot of different cards and you're putting them together to form a deck. And then that deck is what you play the actual game with. But instead of buying random booster packs where you don't know what you're getting in a living card game, you know what's in each pack and like the experience expansion pack comes with these set cards and three of each kind so yeah anyways lord of the rings was one that i had we didn't play it too much and we no longer have it because i don't i don't like the deck building part and toby didn't play the game that much so we never made decks or played much i played it solo a few times but then i didn't want to make more decks <laughs> but yeah so i I played that one solo because it's a cooperative card game. And then it looks like I played Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective solo once in 2015. Oh, it was a fan-made scenario that I played by myself. So that's a reading game, mystery game. But usually I play that with other people. And then I guess I played some games of Friday by myself. I thought I had played those only with Toby. So in the last podcast episode, I mentioned that we had played Friday, which is a solo-only game with cards, uh, your, a deck-building card game. Your, your Friday from Robinson Crusoe trying to get him off the island. I, I had played some with Toby, but I guess I had played some solo as well. And <laughs> I have a long play of concept solo. Oh, it's because I played on stream. Okay, that doesn't really count as solo. But then in 2018, I played some Legacy of Dragonhold, which I also mentioned last time. That's a RPG type game. It's kind of like a story-driven role-playing game. <laughs> but there's different books, scenario booklets, and you're reading through passages, and then you have a character and you know, little card items and stuff. I played that on the shuttle to work because I just brought it with me and would read it on the way to work. But really like 2019-2020 is when my solo gaming actually picked up more because of having kids and that meant that like I didn't have games with other people as much and Toby was tired. <laughs> 
And then I also really got more into solo gaming because I started doing print and play games for the channel. So I started streaming print and play games. I actually got into print and play because of some challenge, I think. There was like a summer challenge on Board Game Geek. I don't know if they do it every year, but like they had certain games and you're all supposed to play it that month and then submit high scores. But then for people who didn't own that game, they had the alternate that was the print, a free print and play. And that's when I got into free print and play games. So I, like, I did some of those. I'm like, oh, these, these aren't too bad. These are kind of fun and so I started looking for more free print and play games and because I was streaming them and I don't have like I didn't want to force other people to play my print and plays so I, I uh, just looked up solo ones and that's how I got into solo gaming really is just from streaming free print and play games so yeah I still mostly play free print and play games for solo games but I did start getting into non-free print and play games like, like the button shy ones and I always think like I want to try some of the games that I already own. Uh, I mentioned this last time because I had just, I think in the last episode in the 2021 episode, I talked about how I had just played like a real-time cooperative game solo and I really enjoyed it and I wanted to play more and I don't think I ever did <laughs> because that goes in the category of like big setup things at home that I will play a video game over usually. I did think about like streaming them, but I've also, streaming gets a little bit tiring to set up as well. So setting up streaming and then also a big solo game is tough especially when I don't have that much time to set it up. And I realized that a lot of times I don't like solo games as much, but like when I do play solo games, sometimes I like them. So I don't know, maybe there's something that I'm missing. I think the thing I like the most is, is the escape room type games. And that really gets me into solo gaming and that gets me excited about playing board games. Well, just in general, escape room games are my favorite thing. So that's what gets me solo gaming. But I think both Crystal and I aren't super into solo gaming. So, so us having, talking about solo games is rare, but I do have fun sometimes with solo games and when I do play them, I, I like them and I can see solo gaming being beneficial for people who just want to have like a fun board game puzzle or like just a fun board game time without screen time. I guess at this stage in my life, I'm not at the computer that often, so that's why video games are great for me when I want a solo activity because like I don't get that much screen time during the day. But if I had a full-time job where I'm at the computer all the time, then when I got home, I might not want to play video games at night and then I might just want to play a solo game. That might be better. So yeah, like a solo board game that would get the same puzzly itch for puzzle games as my solo video gaming. So then I might want to do that. Yeah, that, that can be cool. And there are actually a lot of games on my shelf that can be played solo. It's very impressive. <laughs> I haven't tried most of them, but I do also like a lot of cooperative games. So there's a lot of cooperative games on my shelf and those, a lot of those can be played solo, but a lot of them also can't because things like with limited communication <laughs> where you need multiple people, uh, you can't really do that with solo person. I do prefer games with like win or lose conditions rather than a score, like beating your high score. And a lot of the solo games, I think, or at least I'm not an expert on solo games, but a lot of the print and play ones I've done, a lot of them have score scoring systems. Sometimes they have like, oh, if you get above this score, then you win. So then I can know like a score to aim for. But if they have no target and it's just like beating your old score or whatever, then I don't like that as much. 
I do like ones where it's just like you win or you lose or something. <laughs> I think those are depends on the type of games because like puzzly games where you're going for more points and stuff that there's not really like a you win or you lose thing. But if it's not that type of game, like if it's a real time cooperative game where the timer runs out, that's that's like a lose condition. <laughs> I recently played uh, Mycelia solo. That was a review copy. I streamed that one and I was pleasantly surprised by liking that because that was like a puzzly deck building game. It was one that I realized when I played solo that I probably wouldn't like it multiplayer, but I liked it solo because it was like a puzzly solo little puzzle on your board. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And I didn't actually play it multiplayer. I just played it the solo and enjoyed that. And that one, it for the solo mode, it had a computer player you're playing against. And like that, that one did automatic moves or it had like a deck of tiles for it to do moves. And then the goal of the game is to run out of gems by moving them around on your board and fulfilling certain things when you move them around but if that computer automatic <laughs> person it's not a person <laughs> the board game itself ran out of gems before you did then then you would lose so that's not an example of, of getting points and winning i guess that's an example of me enjoying a game because there's like a win condition it's not beating a high score <laughs> although i guess you could say that the score of the computer player was like how many gems they start with because i think you said you can start with more to make a easier game or something anyway sorry if this is a little rambly but i will be playing more solo games you'll probably see me streaming almost all the games solo games i play except for the like murder mystery ones probably but if you like playing solo games and want to talk about why you like them or have suggestions for good solo games and like what solo gaming offers that, that Crystal and I might not realize yet, then let us know in our Discord or on socials <laughs> because maybe we're missing out on something and we just haven't found like the perfect solo games for us. Because I feel like with both of us, we do enjoy it sometimes. It's just we never yearn for that solo gaming moment. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on solo gaming. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Worlds of Midgard, featuring two brand new games in the world of Champions of Midgard, is now available for late pledge for a limited time, including all the exclusive content. And if you want to buy games at greyfoxgames.com, you can get 20% off non-exclusive items by using the code BGBLITZ24 at checkout. Also, the code BLITZWOTW is still good for another week to get 20% off the Kickstarter Deluxe Edition of War of the Worlds The New Wave. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you'd like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time, I play this solo game, one of many games that I now own. Every night the same, cause I'm the only one and I play alone. Bye everyone! I play this solo game just... Wait. <laughs> I wrote this and I don't even know. Okay. First, I discuss a couple... First, I discuss a couple... Game... <laughs> First, I discuss... <laughs> I can't say it. I never say the intro. I don't know. Okay. First, I discuss... <laughs> I still can't do it.